I'm going to talk for a little bit, so if you want to sit down there with your family, I, I mean, I'm not going to be too long, but... <laughs> Again, my assumption uh, coming here together tonight is that you guys are pretty serious about following Jesus Christ. You're pretty serious about knowing what following Jesus Christ is all about. So, again, an Ash Wednesday service really kind of pulls no punches. Uh, we sing songs that point us to Christ. Uh, we're going to invite you to some practices that we believe can draw you closer to Christ. And we're about to read a lot of scripture that tells us a lot about the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ. So, get ready for a lot of scripture. Is that all right? Nobody's going to say that's not all right in a worship service. <laughs> Robin already shared that the word for today and one of the readings is from the prophet Joel. So listen for that word return in this reading here. Joel chapter 2, going to read verses 1 and 2 and then skip down for 12 through 17. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as never was in ancient times, nor ever will be in ages to come. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and relents from sending calamity. Who knows, he may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, Call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber, let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar, let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations, why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? In case you hadn't noticed, we called for a holy assembly and the people have gathered. The old and those nursing at the breast, quite literally there in the back. <laughs> the elders and all those called to serve the Lord. We are living into the word of God. Take joy in that, not pride. We're going to talk a bit about repenting and humbling ourselves in just a bit. But take joy that we are following the will of our Lord to come and to gather, to call for a fast, to mourn for our sins, to invite God's blessing upon our church, upon us as individuals, and going a bit off the cuff, upon our world who stands on the brink of war yet again and for many people not on the brink of war now mired in the midst of it while the rest of the world watches and wonders what can be done let me tell you what can be done it may not sound like much in the eyes of the world but for us as a people of faith we can pray 
We can pray, we can mourn, we can weep, we can fast, we can call on the name of our Lord and my people believe that it can change the world. Please believe that it can change the world. I was touched by a group of men this morning who gathered and wept over a war-torn world. Lent is coming at a good time this year. Let's look to the words of our Lord and Savior from the Gospel of Matthew. These will be challenging words, actually, for us. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, my friends... When you came in, in case you noticed, I know Tim noticed, uh, you walked past an old baptismal font that I found in the storage room down in the basement, and we made sure we kept hold of that precious piece. Uh, we remember that many of us, perhaps it was uh, when we were a child, when we were an infant, some of us, maybe it was at a... Uh, a youth camp or a, you know sent off with our youth group you know from a church and maybe for some of us it was when we were adults and we found we needed more than we could provide for ourselves and we came to church and we came to God and we came to faith in Jesus Christ and if you have not experienced baptism I would welcome talking to you about it right after the service tonight but when we walked in that was to be our reminder that we have passed through death already and into a new life. And so we have no need to fear the death of the flesh anymore. And yet we still see death as a failure. Don't we? The way we talk about death, even in the church, even as people of faith so often, it's like we're talking about failure. We've somehow failed. But we haven't. <laughs> We've already passed from death to new life. 
And the passing of this flesh is really the passing on into eternity and glory with Jesus Christ when he comes again. Or if he comes again, we get to skip that part <laughs> and go right to glory with him. But the Christian, the follower of Christ, the one who has already died and risen to new life in him, has no fear to face our mortality. Yes, we mourn with those who mourn. We grieve with those who grieve. We weep with those who lose a loved one on this side of glory. But we do not need to fear or see death as a failure. And that is part of the genius, the beauty, the invitation of Lent to fully embrace our mortality and to recognize that our lives, our lives are now hidden with him. And to live is Christ and to die is in fact gain. For it would be to be face to face with our Lord and Savior and in glory with him, simply awaiting the return of his kingdom and the resurrection of these bodies. All of this and so much more is pulled into our celebration of Lent. I already said that it's about 40 days. You know, probably, that 40 days appears to be a big deal in the scriptures. We know that Jesus was tested in the wilderness for 40 days before he launched into his public ministry of preaching and performing miracles and calling men and women to discipleship and eventually dying on the cross to atone for our sins. So he prepared for a ministry in a season in life. And we see that throughout the scriptures. I just had to write down a few notes. 40 days of rain in the time of Noah. 40 days that Moses spent on Mount Sinai. 40 days spies spent exploring in the promised land. 40 days that Elisha spent on Mount Horeb without food. And here's what I never picked up on until somebody was astute enough, astute enough to put it in a devotion I read this morning. 40 days is about a tithe of the year. I just found that fascinating. I had never thought about that before. What we're doing in Lent is we're giving God a tithe of our time, a tithe of our lives, a literal tithe of our year to say, take this, God, and I'm asking you to do something special. Take this as an offering, as a gift of myself, and please, Lord, give me a blessing. There's, there's no shame in asking for that. Uh, even, even Joel invited that. Maybe he will bring a blessing. We will give this tithe. We will enter this fast. We will enter this season and we'll ask for a blessing from it. I just found that beautiful, and I hope you do too. And I hope this pep talk, in a sense, gives you the inspiration, the courage, the incentive, the oomph, whatever it's gonna take for us to say, I'm gonna give God a tithe of my year. I mean, I'm gonna give him my whole year, I'm gonna give him my whole life, I'm gonna give him everything. We always say that, but until you really do it, it can sometimes be kind of like empty words. Oh, you have all of me, Jesus. Well. Give me some of you. <laughs> Give me this season. Give me Lent. Give me these 40 days. Spend some time in prayer and fasting and almsgiving and service. Those, that is the classic call of Lent, passed on through the, down the church through the ages. Make this a special season where you spend intentional time in prayer where you fast, where you give up something. You make space in your life for more of the spirit to come in and fill you. You make a special effort to give to service and to give to the needy in the community and in your life, in our world, of course. So we're gonna dig down and drill down on that for just a little bit. Let me, uh, 
I'm, I gave you a printout, but I think we ran out of them. More people showed up than I thought. I'm so happy. Um, I gave you a printout from my sermon notes, a little bit of some thoughts on prayer and fasting and giving and serving to God. So I'm just going to walk you through that now, and then we can make more copies. We invite you, we encourage you to a time of dedicated prayer. Yes, we are to pray without ceasing. But in order to pray without ceasing, I've said it many times before, and I'll keep saying it, you got to pray sometime somewhere. You got to enter into that posture of prayer. I'm not going to pull any punches with you. Give yourself over to prayer for this Lenten season. Grab a prayer journal. Grab the guide that has been provided with that images of Lent that's taking us on our Focus on the Cross series over the next 40 days of Lent, bringing us to Easter. Take some time. Carve out time in the morning when you get up. Carve out time during your coffee break at work. Maybe carve out time in the evening instead of playing Wordle or Nerdle. I'm calling out myself on that one there. And spend some time in prayer and write those prayers down. And then see what God can do in the next 40 days. I would encourage you to think about doing this. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray the Lord's Prayer three times. Pray it the first time because you just got to get through it and remember that you remember it. Then pray it the second time and slow down and think about the words. And then pray it a third time, allowing each one of those petitions, each one of those movements to launch you into some reflection and deeper prayer with God. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What will it look like for me to be a little citizen of the kingdom today in my home, in my place of work, when I get together with my buddies later? What will it look like for me to be a citizen of the kingdom, representing you and your kingdom in that little pocket of influence I have? So pray that prayer and let it guide you throughout the day. The other thing I would encourage you to do, and I never really did this seriously until the pandemic. I'm ashamed to say, but I've said it off, openly in the past. I, I, I just kind of zipped through the Psalms. But I took time in 2020 to read the Psalms in a much deeper way. Give yourself the gift over the next 40 days of reading through some of those Psalms. Just reading two or three a day and you'll get through the whole thing over, this, over the season of Lent. Give yourself the gift of praying the prayers that Jesus prayed and the people of God have lifted up for generation after generation. So prayer, fasting. Fasting, uh, Mike, at least I know one guy will fast with me during Lent. I, I always got my man Mike in the back. Mike, Mike's weird, he likes fasting like me. Um, Let's talk about fasting for a little bit. There's a couple different kinds of fasting. I put them in the printout uh, for a lot of you. Um, fasting is very often associated with food, but you can do that in different ways. You can take a complete fast for a period of 12 to 24 to 36. I wouldn't recommend much more than that if you haven't practiced fasting in the past. You could do that midweek. You could do that right before coming in to celebrate the Sabbath. But to celebrate a fast, it has spiritual implications to go without so that God can give you more of himself. It has environmental implications. It has health implications. It has time implications. You use that time for prayer or other things. There's a lot of reasons to consider fasting. Uh, you could also do an intermittent fast. Maybe just take a break uh, during the course of each day to say maybe I won't, you know, I'll skip just lunch today 
and use that time in prayer, and you could make that a routine. Or you could just give something up for Lent and fast from a particular item or food that you're accustomed to. And then each time you go without, you are reminding yourself to fill yourself with more of the Spirit, more Scripture, more time for prayer, more opportunity for other things. A couple thoughts that I put down for you um, on uh, fasting then, uh, if that doesn't get you excited, which it never gets anybody excited. <laughs> Here's some other thoughts on fasting. Uh, I think this should be in your notes there, and if not, again, we'll make more copies. Give up something from your home every day to bless someone else. The jacket you don't wear anymore, the book collecting, collecting dust on yourself, the kids' clothes your kids outgrew a decade ago, but then here would be the key. Give up something and then go bless someone else. As you declutter your life, find space that uh, find, you will find space has been created for the Spirit to fill. Uh, sorry, if that wasn't clear, I think the real win of this is if you take a book and deliver it to a friend. Take some children's clothes and give it to a family in need. Not to put your dis works on display, but to share in the joy of that fellowship and that giving. I think that's a neat thing to do. Um, give up driving and walk. Some days will be beautiful and sunny and it'll be easy to walk. Other days it will be torturous. That's kind of the fun. <laughs> so I would encourage maybe that's something you can do. You can walk to work. You can slow down your life. You can walk with Jesus to work or to the store or down the street to wherever you might want to go. Just walk with Jesus more during Lent. <laughs> Give up electronics or social media uh, or movies. Just unplug, stop looking at screens, start looking at reality. Um, cancel Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. I don't even know if I got them all, but whatever it is that's sucking up the hours of your day, um, take it off. And remember on Sunday, you could go crazy and binge Facebook all day long if you want, I guess. I don't know. Or if you can't give up a lot electronics, leverage it. Post your Bible reading every day. Post a picture of your prayer corner. Post an invitation to a worship service. Bring Jesus into your online life and create some social accountability and some witness to the world for Jesus. Um, and, for, and fifth, just in case it wasn't clear, give up a luxury. Give up chocolate, coffee, meat, soda, something. Give up sleeping on your bed and sleep on the ground for the Son of God had nowhere to rest his head. Give up shoes and walk barefoot. If the sacrifice costs you, then grace. Um, and I put a little story here. I know a woman um, who once gave up uh, mirrors for Lent. She just said, I've become too vain. I look at myself too much. She covered every mirror in her house for Lent. It was the coolest thing. She looked like a wreck. It was awesome. It was awesome. Gave her an opportunity to talk about Jesus a whole lot for 40 days. It was a beautiful thing. You can get creative with your fasting. And finally, serve. Um, I don't need to say um, anything else on that. Um, there's opportunities to serve in our church. There's opportunity to serve the people in our community. And you have people in your life that can be blessed by service. There's organizations. There's missions around the city. Um, make it a special time of service and giving to the poor. As you give up something, often that can provide more resources to give um, in the season of Lent. Uh, final thought here. Uh, yeah, so Lent is difficult, um, but life is difficult. And this is like the training room for eternity then. We prepare our souls, we gird up ourselves, we recognize our mortality, 
mentality. We draw closer to Jesus Christ. We draw deeper to him in prayer. We make sacrifices because he made the greatest sacrifices of all. Oh, all of these beautiful images come together in our season of Lent, and we mark it and we begin it with the imposition of ashes. The saying is, remember that you are dust, and to dust you will return. We are mortal. We are dying. We can bravely face it because we have already experienced new birth and new life in Jesus Christ. Now, a word on what's about to happen. You're going to be invited to come forward for the imposition of ashes by Pastor Ruth and I after we do, she's going to do the prayer of confession bit, and then we're going to get into this. So we're going to do the prayer of confession bit. I just want you to know what's happening because I'm already talking. If you want, you can come up and you can receive the ashes. If that is awkward for you or you're not comfortable with that, I'm not offended by that at all. I'm glad people showed up at all. What you could do, or you could do both, you could come up and have the imposition of ashes. You could also go to that station over there. I have nails in a basket. I invite you to take a nail. And this will poke you in your pocket throughout the month of Lent, and you'll sit down, and it'll poke you, and you'll remember Christ in all these weird, funny ways with a nail living in your pocket, and you'll be reminded of where you're headed over these next 40 days. And there's some pens there and some cards, and you could simply take that card, and you could write what it is you're committing to Jesus in prayer or in fasting or in service over the season of Lent. If you don't know yet what you're going to give up, that's okay. Take a card and think about it today. Think about it tomorrow. I'm going to, oh, I say this all the time. I'm going to say it because whenever I miss a meal, I've never said, well, I missed lunch today, Rob, and I was too busy, and so I never had a chance to take a break. I guess I'll never eat again. That's a ridiculous thought, right? A lot of us have the ridiculous thought Oh, I missed my devotion for Lent. I missed my images of Lent post. I guess I'll give up on the whole project. Isn't that human? Isn't that just such a silly human thing that we experience? Don't worry about it. If you don't, do, if you don't pray perfectly, you've never prayed perfectly, so cut yourself a break. If you don't fast perfectly, it doesn't matter. You're doing your best. If you don't serve perfectly, it's okay. Like, just do it. Do it to the best you can. Do it to the best of your ability. Do it five days out of seven is better than no days out of everyone. I mean, just give yourself the gift of going all in. So, you're going to have a chance for the imposition of ashes and to spend some time at that station, maybe writing a prayer or a fast or something you're going to dedicate to God. And then go and, and have a seat. And then we are going to be fed for this journey. We can't go on this journey of Lent without being fed. So as soon as that kind of happens, we're going to hit the reset button. And then you're going to come up to receive communion. We are going to offer communion by intinction tonight for the first time in over two years. If you want, you can take from the bread and rip it off. Put it into the cup and take and eat and drink and remember. Or we have the little pre-made little cups and wafers uh, right there for you if you're more comfortable with that. And we do have gluten-free wafers as well. With that, let me say a small, a small prayer. And then Joy's going to lead us in a song. We're going to do a confession. 
and then run through this. This part actually goes quick now, so it just kind of rolls right over. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters coming forward to recognize that Easter doesn't just happen. Resurrection doesn't just happen. You were preparing for the atoning death on the cross. You were working your way to Jerusalem. You were getting ready, getting closer. And now is our season to get closer, to get ready to approach Easter and the resurrection. So take the next 40 days in each of our lives as we give ourselves over to you, as we give you this tithe of our time, of our year, of our lives, we are asking you to meet us in this and to bless us. So we will pour out our prayers. We will enter into this fast. We will serve in your name, Jesus. And we look forward to the joyous celebration of Easter and your resurrection. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.